Welcome to Tradutex Portuguese Lessons Podcast. Olá, eu sou a Helena, and on this episode we're going to learn the direct object pronouns in Portuguese. But just before that, I want to let you know that Tradutex Portuguese Lessons Podcast is now on Patreon. Patreon is a platform where you can support the projects you like. So, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, and if you would like it to carry on, you can also become a patron. And as a patron, you get a PDF with the highlights of each episode, pronunciation tips, written posts, audios and videos about the Portuguese language. You can get in touch with me every time you have a question related to Portuguese and you can even participate in a monthly live session with me. Go to www.patreon.com slash Tradutex and learn more about it. So on today's episode, we're going to talk a bit about grammar and specifically, we're going to talk about direct object pronouns. So first of all, what's a direct object? So in grammar, a direct object is a word or a phrase that receives the action of the verb. Okay, so let's think about some examples. Let's think about a simple sentence. For instance, John buys a book. Let's first identify the verb of the sentence. John buys a book. The verb is buys. Now, once we identify the verb of the sentence, we can ask the verb one of two questions. We can either ask the verb buys whom, that in this case doesn't make any sense, Or we can also ask the verb the question buys what? And for this question, the answer is a book. John buys what? John buys a book. So now we have identified the direct object of this sentence. The direct object is a book. The word buys is the verb and the book is what's being bought. So sorry about this little introduction, but in order to understand the direct object's pronouns, we need to understand first what is a direct object. So once we identify the direct object, a book in this case, we realize that we can replace it with the pronoun. So if the book has been mentioned before, if the context is completely clear, we know what we're talking about, if we want, we have a possibility of replacing that direct object with a simple pronoun. So instead of repeating John buys a book, we can just say John buys it. John buys it and that it replaces a book. We can also do that in a plural direct object. So if instead of John buys a book, I say John buys books, I can replace books with the direct object pronoun them. John buys them. And these two direct object pronouns I've just explained, it and them, are the ones we're going to learn today on our episode. So we're going to learn how do we translate these two direct object pronouns. We're going to learn how do we translate John buys it, referring to a book, or John buys them, 
referring to books. But of course, in Portuguese, we always have to consider not only the singular and the plural, but also the feminine and the masculine. So there's, there are always four situations that we need to be aware of. Masculine singular, feminine singular, masculine plural, and feminine plural. So if in English we only have for this situation it and them, in Portuguese we'll have four direct object pronouns. And on today's episode, we're going to look at these four direct object pronouns. And we're going to learn that it's a bit more complicated than in English and the usage of these pronouns will also depend on the verb form. On today's episode, we're going to learn which pronouns we should use if the verb form ends in a vowel. And then on the following episode, we're going to look at the other situations. So, if the verb form we're using ends in a vowel, and John buys a book is actually a good example, translating that into English, we would say John buys a book, we would say o João, and I want to translate here the name John, I know that we don't translate names, but just for fun, we'll think about a Portuguese translation of John, that would be João. And, as you know, we tend to use a definite article before the person's name. Being a man, we'll use U. If we were talking about a lady, we would use A. So, in this case, we could say O João compra um livro. John buys a book in a Portuguese translation could be O João compra um livro. And looking at the verb compra, we can see that compra buys ends in a vowel. So it's an excellent example for what I'm going to teach you today. Because if the verb form ends in a vowel, in order to replace the direct object, in this case, um livro, we have four possibilities. If I'm talking about something masculine and singular, just like um livro, I will replace this direct object with the pronoun u. Just that. U. And I'm talking about the letter O. Just that U. Now you may think, oh, but we've learned that a definite article. We've just used it when we said o João. That's right. They have the same exact spelling and pronunciation, but they have different functions in the sentence. When we've started our sentence saying o João, o João, o is a definite article, masculine and singular. But when I want to replace the direct object um livro, and I'm using the direct object pronoun u, although 
It has the exact same spelling and pronunciation I've used before the word João. I know now in grammar that this is a direct object pronoun replacing the direct object. So replaces um livro. So if I want to say John buys it in Portuguese, we say o João compra o. O João compra o. And now it's important to know that unlike English, verb and direct object pronoun aren't completely separated in two different words. We have these two different words, but we will put them together. We will use a hyphen, a dash in the middle of the verb and the pronoun. So when I'm saying comprou, I have the verb form compra, then a hyphen, a hyphen is just that little dash, and then the pronoun u. And that means John buys it. O João compra -o. So in case you've tried a sentence like this before in Portuguese, maybe you've tried to do it with the personal pronoun, a subject personal pronoun, il, and that means he. So if you wanted to say something like o João compra ele, that's completely incorrect. Ele is a subject personal pronoun that can only replace the subject of the sentence. So on the sentence John buys a book, John can be replaced with the subject personal pronoun he, and in Portuguese, o João compra um livro, we can replace o João, which is the subject of the sentence, with a subject personal pronoun il. So il replaces o João, but would never ever replace the direct object, in this case, o livro. So we need to forget about that possibility if that ever occurred to you before. We can't say o João compra il, totally wrong. We should say o João compra o. O João compra o. But as I said before, unlike English, we have to consider a masculine and a feminine. So let's think that if instead of the book John buys a house, in Portuguese that would be o João compra uma casa. Now if in English we still say John buys it, whether it's a house or a book, it doesn't matter. It only matters the fact that the direct object is singular, so we can use it. In Portuguese we need to think a bit more uh, beyond that. So casa is feminine, so I can't use the direct object pronoun o. It's not correct if I still say o João compra o referring to a house. Being a house feminine, I will change the direct object pronoun o into a. The spelling is easy, just a letter a or in English a. Again, exactly the same spelling and pronunciation you'll find on the definite article a. 
For instance, if I say the house, a casa. But although they have the same exact pronunciation and spelling, they have very different meanings and functions in the sentence. So when I say o João compra uma casa, and I want to replace uma casa with the pronoun, because casa is feminine and singular, I should say o João compra o João compra and I know it's hard to hear because compra happens to end with the sound a and then the pronoun has the exact same sound compra compra it's basically a, a. sometimes we tend to open a bit of a into a compra 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 and I know how difficult this is to understand, but normally this is understandable because of a previous context. We were already talking about the house. And then, knowing that we're talking about the house, I will say, John buys it. But I've referred the house before. And that's how it should be to make sense in English or in Portuguese. So having a context set, it's easier to understand. But without the context, it's hard to get the difference between compra, just a verb, and compra. O João compra. So again, you can open a bit, compra, or close it, compra. But in either ways, it's not easy. Now let's have a look at some plural examples. If instead of buying a book, John buys books in Portuguese, o João compra livros. O João compra livros. In English, we'll say John buys books. And if we want to replace books with a direct object pronoun, we'll use the pronoun them. John buys them. In Portuguese, looking at our direct object here, livros, and realizing that it is a masculine plural word, we will pick the masculine plural pronoun. And that will be os. Os. Como se escreve os? O, S. Just O, S. Again, I know it's just like the definite article masculine plural os. So if I wanted to say, for instance, the books, I say os livros. But in this situation, os livros, os is a definite article. When I say John buys them, o João compra os, then we know, analyzing the sentence, that we're dealing with a direct object pronoun them, os. Again, don't forget always to have in between the verb form and the pronoun a hyphen. In Portuguese, the word for hyphen is ifen, ifen. So, o João compra ifen os. O João compra os. Compra os. In just one word, although we have verb and pronoun, they are separated but then together because of the hyphen. John buys them. O João 
compra-os. Let's just have a look at one last situation, the feminine plural one. So we did before, John buys a house, o João compra uma casa, and we've learned that we could replace uma casa with the direct object pronoun a. John buys it, o João compra a. Now in case he buys houses, casas, in English John buys houses, we'll replace houses with the pronoun them, John buys them. In Portuguese, again, we need to look at that direct object to see whether it's masculine, feminine, singular or plural. Casas happens to be feminine and plural. So now the pronoun we need to use is as. As. Como se escreve as? A. S. Just a S. And again, I know this is just like in terms of pronunciation and spelling. It's just like our feminine plural definite article. For instance, if you want to say the houses, we use as casas. But we know when we analyze a sentence that's saying as casas, we're using a definite article. But when we're saying John buys them, o João compras, that is the, def, the ob, direct object pronoun. So let's do it again. John buys them, being them the houses. O João compras. Compras. Eventually, you might hear people opening a bit as into compras. Compras or compras. Because again, we have the same exact situation we had with the feminine singular, the same pronunciation. The ending is compra, a, and then the pronoun is also a. So it's hard to do it. Compras. Slightly better than the singular, though, because at least we have the sh at the end to indicate the plural. So it makes a difference if you have only the verb compra or the verb along with the feminine plural pronoun. Compras. O João compras. John buys them. So, so far we've learned what's a direct object. We look at the sentence, we identify where the verb is, and we ask that verb whom or what. And then the reply to one of those questions, one will make sense and the other won't, depending on the verb, the reply when we get the reply, we get the direct object. And then, dealing here with the third person, singular and plural, hit, sorry, it or them, we know that in Portuguese it can be translated as o, a, and them as os, as. They look exactly like the definite articles, but now they're not the definite articles. And the way we're using them is place them after the verb with the hyphens, separating the verb and the pronoun. Now, there's something I need to tell you about the position of these pronouns. If you remember when we've studied the reflexive verbs, and in case you want to have a look at those episodes again, please check episode 72, 
73 and 74, em português, episódios 72, 73 e 74. And why am I talking about reflexive verbs now? Because when we've learned the reflexive verbs, we've learned that depending on the context and depending on which verbs we had before the verb, the position of the reflexive pronoun could be before or after the verb. And those exact rules and those exact words we've learned before are the exact same ones we're going to need now for the direct object pronouns. So I will not go through now all the situations, but I will remind you of four situations we've learned before. For instance, when we did the reflexive verbs, we've learned that asking a question with a question word, for instance, como se chama, remember this one, what is your name? Because it's a question starting with the question word como, the reflexive pronoun would come before the verb instead of after. So conjugating the verb to call, chamar-se, or to be called, the normal position, the default position of the reflexive pronoun is after the verb, chama-se, você chama-se, but when I use it in a question starting with the question word, what is your name, como se chama, the se comes before the verb. And that rule is the exact same rule we need to remember using direct object pronouns. So, for instance, if I would like to ask about when will João buy the house, when will he buy it? Because I'm starting my question with the question word when in Portuguese, quando. The position of the pronoun changes. So, in, now, instead of having the pronoun after the verb with the hyphen, we will forget about the hyphen, just like we did when we've learned the reflexive verbs, and we'll have the pronoun before the verb. No hyphen this time, pronoun before the verb. Quando é que o João a compra? Quando é que o João a compra? So, because of, it is a question, and because it starts with the question word quando, now my direct object pronoun a doesn't come after the verb with a hyphen, but before the verb and no hyphen. Quando é que o João a compra? And I want to remind you about other three situations when this will also happen. For instance, negative sentences. Noun. A sentence with noun. So if I want to say John buys it is o João compra, but if I want to say John doesn't buy it, o João não a compra. O João Não a compra. I've used the word now immediately before the verb, and now I have to place my direct object pronoun that was after the verb with a hyphen on an, the affirmative sentence, o João compra. Now I have to place it before the verb, 
no hyphen when it is before the verb. So John doesn't buy it. O João não a compra. O João não a compra. Same thing happens with all negative sentences. Just one example when we use the word nunca, meaning never. John never buys it. O João nunca a compra. O João nunca a compra. O João nunca a compra. See what happened here? If I say it very slowly, o João nunca a compra. But because nunca ends on the exact same sound uh, that we have on the pronoun, when we run these words together, what happens is that because we have a a a, that a a will sound a bit like a. O João nunca compra. O João nunca compra. O João nunca a compra. And just one more example when this situation happens, then we can explore more context for this on the following exercises, is when we use the word também. Também means also as well to também. So if I wanted to say John also buys it, o João também a compra. O João também a compra. O João também a compra. So here we've, we've focused on four situations when the direct object pronoun will be placed before the verb with no hyphen. When we ask a question using a question word in the beginning, when we use negative sentences like for instance não or nunca, and also when we use the word for also, the word também. Também. So just before we finish, I want to thank my dear, dear patrons. Without them, this podcast would not, would not be possible. So seriously, thank you very much. Muito, muito obrigada. E muito obrigada a Francine Brown, Gita Barknovitz, Philip French, Rebecca Hunt, Carl Sperling, Peter Korf, Brenda Sabrecht, David Soto, Lindy Fock, Michel Kubrosi, Jerry Ellis, Sandra Weimert, Karen Soares, Kenneth Pizisco, Ibrahim Almutawa, Hank Van Kahn, Karin Barnhorn, Pauline Mansfield, Pranudiana, Anne Grandish, Elise van der Flucht, David Martin, Patricia Martin, Catherine Dernford Vang, Miguel Plektuvian, Art Veld, Ernst Scholte, Agnieszka Mrozewicz Kuczewska, Tatiana Krupnik, Ramona Plectus, Kim Noble, Tancha McKnight, Laura Beditsk, Chris Brandt, Meredith Richards, Micheline Huntley, Jess Hasselmans, Diane, Steve Batchelor, Josie Koopman, Lex Mui, Sneer, Susan Mas, Michael Machado, Molly Morton, Chaya the Reigns, John Markvet, David Kirkham, Zarmig, Andy Effort, Rakesh Gupta, Paul Greenhog, Jim Chank, Matthew Brett, Kirsten Kunstman, Brandon Wallis, Katu Wake, Jay Edelstein, and Diane Bachman. Thank you all for your support. Thank you all for keeping my motivation high. Muito, muito obrigada. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please share it with your friends. Tchau, até para a semana. Obrigada.